All right, hello. Welcome to the first episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that's going to be dedicated to reading each chapter of One Piece. Uh, we'll split up the episodes uh, based by uh, volume, but we'll kind of see how we are with um, you know, the pacing as we go along here. Uh, but I'm going to be joined by a few of my friends. Uh, I'll go around here and we can introduce ourselves. But my name is Joel, um, or you can call me Parkin Codex. So uh, I've been a, a fan of One Piece for uh, probably like 10 years now. Um, so I wanted to create this podcast so we could have a forum to talk about the series and um, you know just kind of go through and introduce the series to new people. Um, so let's go around here and see who we have here today. Uh, so we have Sean. Hi, uh, my name is Sean. Uh, I go by <laughs> uh, Samile76 on Twitter. Um, I've been a fan of One Piece for, I think, if Joel, if it's only been 10 years from you, I'm technically slightly longer, but I will clarify immediately that Joel is a bigger fan than me. <laughs> but um, I've I've been on and off on it for a, a while, but I'm a, I am just becoming more and more joel's joel's enthusiasm is infectious so i'm excited to uh be a part of this podcast all right awesome thank you and we also have evan yeah my name's evan um i'm entirely new to one piece but as sean said joel's love for one piece is infectious <laughs> you're like our past few game nights we just had spent talking about manga and anime and i've always been saying like I really want to start One Piece, but you know, it's just been too daunting of a of a journey, I guess, to embark on. So I'm excited to finally be be kicking it off. Yeah, I think that's um yeah, that's a hurdle that I think a lot of people have with the series is that they think it's too long before they get into it. But you kinda of have to take it like one step at a time. I think it's once easy. you start, then you kinda of see that it's actually going to eventually start to feel like it's not enough. So when you do get caught up, you just kind of wish that there's just more to keep reading. So that's why I keep going back to the series. Uh, I've read it all the way through two times now. Uh, I've seen the first like few hundred episodes of the anime um, a few times. Uh, so now I'm going through a full read through again with you guys from the beginning. So I'm actually really excited to revisit the series. Every time I read it, there is something new that I didn't catch the first time. Or like I totally forgot like certain details. Even just going back and reading like the most recent arc, there were things that um, I didn't even remember happened um that were being built up to you so it's, it was cool to start to see those connections so um the more you go back to the beginning of the series the more you'll see that oda will set things up uh so it's really exciting to um to have evan finally get to uh, join the series and um, have sean here as well um so we can kind of uh get different perspectives on people who have different experience with the series and that's kind of been my goal is to kind of get people who have um you know different levels of experience with the series all right, so let's start out with uh, some information about the series of One Piece. So uh, it was initially published on July 19th in 1997 in Weekly Shonen Jump. The, the, first, the first chapter of the series is actually the longest chapter at 53 pages. So they're not all going to have long chapters like that. So um, when I was reading the volume one, again, I kind of forgot how long this first chapter was. Um, but this is actually Oda's third attempt at starting the story. Uh, it's the third version of Romance Dawn. So, uh, Evan, you said that you got the box set, right? I did. Okay, so uh, did you notice I came with uh, a version of Romance Dawn? Yeah, I was going to ask you if that was something I should read like before starting the series or not. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like, 
Um, if you aren't familiar with the series, it's basically going to not really affect you one way or the other. I think it's going to just kind of be like a different. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, and it's pretty small. Yeah, yeah. Compared so it's basically to... just like a, a quick little read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like um, a different version of like a Nami type character. Um, and then I think the anime actually did uh, one of the other versions of uh, Romance Zone as well. Um, they had a recent episode that was basically um, to celebrate that. So, um, but yeah, so Romance Dawn is basically Oda's like uh, kind of like idealization of the pirate period. It's like a romanticization of like what it means to be a pirate, which I, I think we can kind of see from like the first chapter. Like uh, we see that not all pirates are going to be like these bloodthirsty, cruel types of people. So um, yeah, there's like they kind of show like. Um, with like Luffy's crew that you know they're not all bad guys but that's not to say that there aren't bad pirates but uh, <laughs> I, I just think that it kind of changes like your perception of what a pirate actually means all right so uh, let's start with chapter one uh, romance dawn the dawn of the adventure wealth fame power gold roger king of the pirates attained this and everything else the world <laughs> had to offer before his execution, he announced that he had left his treasure behind for whoever can find it. This treasure is known as the One Piece. This kicks off the Great Pirate Era. So we're introduced to our protagonist, Monkey D. Luffy. To prove how tough he is, he takes a knife and cuts his cheek. Uh, this leaves behind a scar, which we'll actually see going forward. In Luffy's small town, a pirate crew led by red-haired Shanks set up their temporary base of operations. Luffy looks up to Shanks and his crew dreaming of joining them on their adventure. While at their usual hangout at Machino's bar, a group of mountain bandits enter and demand some alcohol. Shanks tells their leader, Haguma the Bear, that they drank it all, but he offers them the last bottle. Insulted by this, Haguma takes the bottle and smashes it over Shanks' head. Shanks just laughs this off, but Luffy sees this as a sign of weakness and loses his admiration for his hero. During this ruckus, Luffy's hunger got the better of him, and he ate a mysterious fruit that Shanks' crew had stolen and left on the counter. As Luffy storms off, he suddenly realizes that his arm is stretchy. Shanks explains Luffy ate a devil fruit, which granted him the power of rubber, but he'll never be able to swim again. Sometime later, the mountain bandits make their way back to Makino's bar and badmouth Shanks. Luffy hears this and offends the pirate. Taking insult to this, Taguma kidnaps Luffy. When word spreads to Shanks' crew, they show up to confront the mountain bandits. This time, they show their true strength and easily handled mountain bandits. Higuma drops a smoke bomb and disappears with Luffy. Higuma takes Luffy out to the ocean and kicks him overboard, but Karma gets the best of him as a sea monster eats him. The sea monster then turns its sights on Luffy, but suddenly Shanks shows up and saves Luffy. He intimidates the sea monster with just a stare, and it takes off. However, Shanks does not get away unscathed as one of his arms has been eaten. Time passes, and Shanks' crew gets ready to set sail. Luffy's faith in his role model restored. He accepts that he can't join Shanks' crew because he's still too young. But he decides that he'll set sail and make a crew of his own. He proclaims that he'll become the king of the pirates. Shanks decides to hand Luffy his straw hat and has Luffy promise that he'll return the hat someday when he becomes a great pirate. Ten years later, Luffy gets ready to embark on his journey. Before he gets too far, he is once again attacked by the sea monster that attacked him those years in the past. But now with the new mastery of his rubber abilities, he's able to knock out the sea monster in one punch. He sets sail on a small boat and begins his adventure. All right, so that's basically just a, a quick recap 
I think it was Quake, of uh, the first <laughs> chapter. Uh, but like I said, this one's a little bit longer than usual. Um, but because this is Evan's first introduction to the series, I want to know, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, I thought it was a really great first chapter. Like, it was pretty much all backstory um, relative to the rest of the book. But it was cool. I think that I really like the artistic style that this is in. I, I think these characters are like really fun, really interesting looking. They all have massive mouths. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like the huge mouth pirates is, is pretty great. Like look at this guy in the middle. Yeah. His yeah. head is like ninety-five percent mouth. Lucky Rue. <laughs> yeah, Lucky Rue, yep. Yeah, uh Shanks' crew doesn't actually get named in this chapter. Uh but yeah. Oh, he... I'm already spoiling it. I'm already no, doing no, it. I'm spoiling no, it's everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay because uh yeah, I just thought it was kind of weird that um, you know, there are some characters that do have names, but we just don't actually get them in this chapter. No, I thought it was a great intro, though, to like the world and the world of pirates and the golden age of pirates. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the characters all seem really fun. Luffy is like a really very likable character, I think, right from the start. Um, a little bratty, but enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think it sets up the story really well, and it gets me really excited for this world of piracy. Yeah, um, like like you were saying, like these characters have like these really wacky designs. Like th there's a whole yeah. bunch of different types of characters that are really uh, unique and interesting. Um, and then uh, yeah, I, I do think that the the early One Piece does have a good distinct style um, where it does have. Uh, it looks a little simpler. Um, I, it does kind of remind me a little bit of like Dragon Ball with like the paneling as well, um, where like there's like yeah, pretty big panels. Um, and I also think one thing is um, the translation feels a little weird to me here. But my first introduction to, to the series was actually the anime. Uh, it was the uh, the Funimation dub, and I actually kind of like some of the like the lines from the Funimation dub a little bit better. Um, I don't know if they're like a more direct translation in the um, in the the manga, but uh, some of the lines just kind of stood out to me as being a little bit more iconic in the anime. So that's that was kind of like my first foray into the series. So those lines kind of stuck out to me there. Uh, but some of like, the pirate talk um, also felt like a little like uh, on the nose, um, which I, I feel like that kind of goes away a little bit. Like so, this chapter just kind of feel like it was kind of finding finding its footing. So it was like a little different in that sense. Uh, but Sean, how about you? What would you think of this first chapter? Well, I mean, it's trying to go back to if you meant how I feel about it now versus how I felt about it uh, years ago. Um, I'll start with years ago, and it's like I'll say that like so. I was a regular Shonen Jump reader uh, for a while, and this is gonna this is gonna sting, Joel. But for a while, One Piece was my least favorite of the manga. And the uh, in in I was like, it's too cartoony, it's too silly, it's too like wacky and wild. I want to read Death Note. I want to <laughs> read like the the cool stuff. Um, it was always the one I read last. Like I read because I, I was like, I'm getting my full money's worth out of this magazine. If I pay like eight bucks, or I don't even remember how much they were, but I'm getting my money's worth. I'm going to read every chapter each week of each of these series. But it was always the one I like read first or read last. Um, it used to be. 
I don't know, depending on how I felt at the time was I'd either read my favorite one first or last. Later on, I read it last as my favorite because I was like, oh, it's the last little morsel I want to get to. It'll be yeah, the I most get that. part. So for a while, I read One Piece first. Just get it over with. Ah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just cartoony <laughs> pirates. But I, here's here's the kicker is over the, the years I read Shonen Jump, it went from first to it went from last to first. It went it went from my least favorite to my favorite. Uh, it, it, it got its hooks into me. And slowly but sure, I was like, this isn't as cartoony as I thought, but it still is in a good way and everything else. And it was like, it's doing, it's, it's, it's just these wide, this wild world. It really, it really grew on me over time. And I think um, the first chapter back then, I was like, yeah, this is cute and cool. And uh, at times, and so again, I thought it was too cartoony. Now I see what the seeds that Oda is planting here. I mean, again, I'm trying not to spoil too hard, but there's, there is, it, it really, you see everything that grows from here, and it, it's just, it, it gives you a new appreciation for this early stuff, and uh, I love it now. I absolutely love it. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I was kind of like the same way because my actual first memory of One Piece was like on uh, Foxbox when they had it on Four Kids, uh, the Four Kids dub. Uh, I'd be oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really watch it that much. Like I, I remember like when it was on TV, like I would see like maybe like, a the scene. worst possible way to get into One Piece. Yeah, right. But th that's how it was back in the day. Um, so it's kind of like that's I, what you had. I, I, I remember like being kind of like uh, it was kind of weird. Um, like I remember kind of like being aware of like um, one of the characters we'll see in the next volume. Um, I remember seeing like Kobe. Um, but like yeah, I, I just remember like those kind of small details. But like I. I just didn't really know what it was about, and I kind of didn't really give it a chance. Um, but what actually convinced me to get into the series was when I was watching Naruto. I was watching the anime on Hulu when they used to have Hulu for free, but you could watch with ads. So I'd be watching Naruto, and then they would have ads for One Piece. Um, and then when I caught up on Naruto, I stopped watching the anime at that point when I caught up and switched over to the manga. That's when I decided to check out One Piece finally. Because I remember some people in college talking about it, and they were talking about like how epic it was, and then like I would see the ads for, it. I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. So then, that's basically how it started. And I watched a little bit of the anime, and then um, after the first like few arcs, I decided to switch over to the manga, and then it was kind of like history was made at that point. I think there's some really cool stuff here. Um, you know, being introduced to Gold Roger, uh, he's a super influential character in the series. Basically, it's a whole catalyst of, you know, the entire series. Um, we don't know what the One Piece actually is. It's like this mysterious treasure that basically it's just more like a status symbol. Like some people want it for different reasons. But um, like the whole concept of the One Piece is just uh, it's what, what causes these like these pirates to go out and want to go on these adventures. Um but yeah, and then we get to see, you know, our main character, Luffy, when he's a kid. Uh, <laughs> like everyone's saying, like, he's he's pretty bratty. Um, I, I think that changes a little bit. Like, he's, like, bratty in different ways when he's, like, older, uh, which we'll see more with, like, um, the next chapter. Uh, but, <laughs> but Luffy is kind of a gold punk over here. He's just, like, uh, hanging around with the kids. He's trying to show how tough he is. You know? <laughs> uh, he, he's ready to go on this adventure. Even though he's, he's more like, a of a kid. whiner now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then uh i also but he gets over it yeah <laughs> i also thought it was kind of weird um again going back to the translation thing i was talking about uh where 
Luffy is like getting stomped on by Higuma, uh, and he calls him um, a McCake, um, which is like a kind of monkey. So, <laughs> like, how would he even know what this word I is? Remember like, that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, like, to, those like little moments felt kind of weird to me, like with the translation. But like, I, I don't know what the original Japanese said, so I, I don't know, um, like how accurate that was. Um, yeah. So, uh, also, um. Did you guys want to chime in on anything else on this chapter? I mean, I've got some notes, uh, a couple pertaining to this chapter. Mostly, again, like a lot of these, some of these notes are more jokey. Um, yeah, go for it. But my, the first one I have here is that uh, you, you think Huguma, every time he enters into an establishment, he has a new line, a uh, new make way for the blank. Because he says <laughs> two different variations of it. And this, he says, the first time he says... Make way for the scourge of the mountains. The first time he says that when he comes in. Uh, then the second time when it's just Luffy, he says, um, "Make way for the terror of the highlands." So like <laughs> this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> uh, so I wrote. Do you think he has a new make way for blank saying paired every time he opens a door? Do you think his crew gets tired of it? And like, oh god, what is he going to say this time? Make way for the big bad bear of the badlands <laughs> like he's, he's gonna... or it's like he he has his crew like write up ones for him and it's like the the crew yep. gets like promoted like well i guess yeah like his uh his mountain, mountain they make a cool like... enough one he gets, yeah he gives, he, he, he gives him a promotion <laughs> uh another thing i put down was that there's a scene so when shanks first uh when, when after hugum is kidnapped lucky luffy the last panel and uh what right as shanks shows up in the in the bottom left corner panel it just you can just already get this era aura of power because he's just he appears in behind makino and the mayor i think or something and they're both like whoa he just teleported like it feels yeah. like <laughs> their reactions are very shocked and it's like yeah you, it, you get the sense of like this is not the same man that had a bottle smashed over his head just a few like pages ago this is a different man now because the situation's changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just got real. <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> no, that that's totally right because like um yeah, the second time like they have the encounter with the bandits, it's just like a totally different like situation. They just take them out no problem. Um yeah, like I was saying before, I feel like the anime like has some cool lines for like how Shanks um like delivered the lines. It was kinda like uh it's like if you if you're gonna point the gun, you better be prepared to pull the trigger. Like that kind of thing, they just show up and they like take control of the situation, and you know it's like not in a contest. Like they they could have easily just like taken out the bandits earlier, but they just kind of laughed it off because it wasn't a big deal. Uh, so that's that's one thing I, I really love just showing like how carefree Shakes's crew was. Like they're they just there to have a good time, you know. But like, if, if you mess with their friends, then uh, yeah, the Bill Shea was up. Yeah, very likable yeah. character. It's still an icon, an iconic shot of uh, when Lucky Rue just just murks that guy. And oh yeah, just, he's holding the meat in one hand. <laughs> yeah, boom. It's just one, yeah, it's just I know. One it's so page, good. it's like oh, yeah. oh, the whole the, the whole mood turns on a dime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like um, it was pretty shocking, like when you know Shanks' arm is eaten. Mm-hmm. Like you don't expect that right from like the get go. Uh, <laughs> like he, he's just like missing an arm but he's like it's just an arm 
like basically like that really well yeah (laughs) (laughs) straight face no motion not entirely clear when exactly that happens but yeah 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 i think it's basically when like it goes to bite luffy he kind of moves luffy out of the way but like like, he grabs it and i guess he catches him by the elbow maybe or something like that yeah the giant eel looks just like um the eels from a little mermaid right (laughs) yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah (laughs) i mean come on i could totally see that pointed that out to joel that that crunch panel where it's just crunching the boat is just so vivid and yeah meaty it's crunchy the <laughs> panel itself is crunchy. it's so good but that huge text and like the split text you yep. see that in a lot of frames it's, it's, it's really it's good visceral. and like all the intros too there's always like a ta-da or a yeah. <laughs> for all the villains <laughs> love that yeah like you'll start to see like in the later chapters like Oda does this thing. Um, I, I think in Japanese. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, in Jap- yeah, I mean, Japanese, Japan loves their sound effects. Yeah, in Japanese, it translates to it's a don. I think it's meant to be kind of like a like a taiko drum, um, but in the English text, it's gonna say doom, but it's kind of yeah. just meant to be like like an epic thing or like a mic drop kind of thing. Um, so you'll start to see that pop up, but that's kind of like meant for like a dramatic purpose kind of thing. Right. And then he also will start to use these kind of like transition panels, like they're like these little tiny slivers of panels, um, and then they meant they're meant to like basically transition from one scene to like another place. So it's just like um, deliberately placed, so you can tell that you're going somewhere else. Um, so he doesn't do it here, but I'm not sure exactly what point he starts to do that. But I think it might be just for clarity to show they're going to like a different scene. So it's a nice little little um, effect that he uses. But we'll, we'll probably see that in like the next up, up, uh, upcoming chapters or volumes. Okay, so let's move on to chapter two. They call him Straw Hat Luffy. Chapter two. <laughs> He's like an adult, like a young adult now. I, I thought, like, when I was reading the first chapter, I was like, is this going to be like Naruto or Dragon Ball where he's a child for you know like the first part of the series okay uh, yeah but in this one you know at, at the end of the first chapter he's already a young adult yeah so he's uh 16 17 at this point yeah something around there i think yeah that's how i would guess uh, i think maybe 17 yeah i think it's 17 um okay so chapter two they call him straw hat luffy Luffy is on the open sea, but shows a clear lack of capability of being able to navigate the waters on his own as he's caught in a whirlpool. The chapter shifts focus to Iron Mace Alvida and her crew. She rules with an Iron Mace, demanding complete obedience and compliments. <laughs> her cabin boy Kobe is a complete po- her cabin boy Kobe is a complete pushover and easily complies with Alvida's orders. Kobe ends up finding a barrel of what he assumes to be rum that has washed ashore. The other members of the crew plan to keep it for themselves and intimidate Kobe into complying, but suddenly Luffy bursts out of the barrel. Having lost his ship, he was able to wait things out in the barrel until he luckily washed ashore. Avita overhears the commotion, and the crew tells her that Kobe brought an intruder to them. Avita fears this may be the infamous bounty hunter, Pirate Hunter Zoro, but, they, but the last they heard was well, he, he was captured by the Navy. Meanwhile, Luffy asks Kobe if he has a boat he can use. Kobe brings Luffy to the boat he's been working on, but it's not exactly seaworthy. Kobe ex- explains that he accidentally got an Abita ship and has been stuck on her ship as the cabin boy for two years. Luffy tells Kobe that he's pretty dumb, but Kobe points out that he's not reckless like Luffy for floating around in a barrel. 
he asks Luffy why he was in the uh yeah, he asks Luffy why he was uh in the barrel, so Luffy tells Kobe that uh his dream is to be the king of the pirates, even if it means he dies trying. Kobe sees this as an impossible dream and worth um and not worth trying, but he admires Luffy's determination anyway. Kobe explains that his dream was to join the Navy. Avita finds them conversing and ends up attacking them. She offers Kobe mercy if he admits that she is the fairest in all of the sea. Kobe has a newfound sense of courage and stands up to Alvita. This amuses Luffy, and uh, as Alvita attacks, um, he uh, he's actually not hurt uh, to Alvita's surprise. Luffy's rubber abilities uh, save him, and he handily defeats the captain. Luffy demands a boat for both him and Kobe to set sail. Uh, Kobe tells Luffy that in order to get the One Piece, he'll have to get a pirate crew in order to face the dangers of the Grand Line. Luffy suggests that they go recruit the guy that was kidnapped at the Nibble Base, Roronoa Zoro. Zoro, not Zolo. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be something we're going to have to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, since you guys so brought Evan, it up. Evan, I... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Evan, does, does your book also say Zolo as well? It says Zolo, but I was given the disclaimer by Joel. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if Joel, that's Joel what, was that's how the inside. Meant. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was going to come up. It's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, I, I like saying Zoro as well, but. Yeah. Zoro is his name. Uh, yeah, that that's just a fact. Um, it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> I sent some indignation. Go in there with the marker and just write, put the R's in Yeah, there. just put the little curve so it looks like an R. Uh, but yeah, the reason why Viz did this was because they were just like really worried that there was gonna be like a copyright issue with the vigilante character, um, you know, from like the twenties, uh, Zorro. Antonio Banderas. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to be on the safe side, they just uh, decided to call him Zolo. Um, but uh, in all other media, you know, he's Zorro in the Filmation dub. They call him Zorro. Um, yeah, and, and like. Um, yeah, basically, like the actual name of the character would be Zoro. Um, but they just kept Zolo, uh, even to this day because, um, they wanted to be consistent with what they set up. But we all know it's Zoro, I think it's fair enough, but yeah, I'm <laughs> cool with saying Zoro from here on out. Yeah, so Zoro, um, okay, uh, yeah, so do you guys want to kick off discussion? Any thoughts on this one? This was a fun chapter. Yeah. I like the reveal one. of uh, the villain of uh, Iron Mace Alvita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were hinting at her, at her beauty through the beginning of the chapter, and then there's the big reveal. And she is quite quite the, quite the character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some good and some bad there we could get into, but I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I th I'm not a huge fan of the character of Alvita. Uh, both yeah i just it's just kind of the joke is she's big and ugly and it's like all right <laughs> the, what should we focus on is she's an asshole like that's the main problem but i fear that the story is more like she's an asshole and she's ugly i'm like who gives a shit about that she's an asshole to kobe that's what matters <laughs> but, but she's um, ugly on the she inside makes beauty, she makes her beauty very much a part of her character that's yeah it is a part of like which yeah um yeah it's fine Cinderella she, serves, she serves her purpose here and and i i think there's some cute moments between kobe because of like her 
just beating him into submission for some. I love, yeah, Luffy just saying like, "Man, you suck." Like, yeah. it's, it's an early example of Luffy's just pure bluntness, which yeah, you know, he keeps for a while and arguably never really loses. Like he just, <laughs> uh, and it's just it's very it's very abrupt. Um, You're kind of clumsy like, and dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's i mean that and uh, there's a moment later on in the the volume that i'll get into of just like luffy's just he is pure id especially during this first part of just like this is what this is the what is hey there's a path i gotta get from a to b okay we could just go straight there or we should take this winding path let's be more careful luffy's already halfway down the road to b as you're explaining <laughs> the safer path right? <laughs> Yeah, Luffy makes his decision and he just goes for it. He doesn't actually 100%. think about the consequences. Um, no, but yeah, that's the kind of person he is. He's just very straightforward. Um, he he knows what he wants and like he just goes for it. Um, so I really like uh, how this chapter portrays Luffy's kind of like attitude towards things. Like, you know, it, it, he's like if he dies, then you know that's 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 it like but he he's not gonna let that get in the way of him trying uh no matter what uh to be the king of the pirates so uh basically if he doesn't make it then you know he didn't have he doesn't he doesn't have what it takes but he he believes wholeheartedly that he has what it takes and he doesn't think for a second that he's not gonna be the king of the pirates it's 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 admirable in its own way yes sir yeah. <laughs> yeah and i also love with kobe here um how we we also see Kobe like he's yeah he he's a wimp right, but he has this moment where Luffy basically inspires him to actually take a stand for himself. For two years he's been in the situation and he hasn't done anything about it. Like he just kind of walked down the wrong chip and <laughs> was in the situation and he didn't do anything to correct that. Uh, he had his own dreams. He basically abandoned um, to this point. But now with the introduction to Luffy in his life, he's turning things around. He takes a stand, and Luffy basically kind of shows him the way. So he, he kind of takes um, a page out of Luffy's book. Um, he's still not going to be as crazy as Luffy, but he he's going to kind of rub off a little bit on him. It, it emphasizes, too, like this is the first major mention of the Navy that we get, of that being a competing force to the pirates of the world. And uh, it, it emphasizes that Luffy is a, he's a morally good character because, in theory, it's like, I want to join the Navy. Oh, you mean the committed group of people that are against the whole way of life I'm pursuing? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. A, a more a considerably shittier character would either attack Kobe, kill him, or just not want to help him. The fact that Luffy actively tries to help him, he's on the good side of things here, you can tell. Yeah, so he's like, I yeah. will be enemies later, but like, whatever. <laughs> he just thinks it'll be more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a great point. Um, like you said, like Luffy just has a kind of like pure hardness to him, where he's like, uh, "That's your goal. That's great. Like, I want to help you do that, but I'm not going to stop me from doing my thing." Yep. Yeah, he's very goal driven, and that that follows through this whole book. And like when he starts building up his crew, I think that becomes a theme. Yeah, so we'll definitely see more of that. Um, and then we also get the mention of the Grand Line. Uh, it's just a name drop here at this yeah. point, so we don't really get too much um but the grand line is going to be really important in the future but it's just kind of put pull a pin in that because we'll come back to it later there's not much more than that in this book other than just the name drop really yeah yeah <laughs> there'll, there'll be more <laughs> it'll be a fair before we actually get there but 
you'll hear more even before we get there for sure. All right, so let's uh, move on to chapter three. Enter Zoro, Pirate Hunter. Kobe tells Luffy the rumors about how terrible the bounty hunter Zoro is, but Luffy wants to see if he's a good guy before he decides if he wants him to join his crew. They land at the naval base in Shellstown, and Luffy remarks how incredible it is that Kobe was able to get them where they're actually trying to get to. Uh, they grab a bite to eat, but when the people around them hear the name Zoro, they become frightened. Kobe then mentions that Captain Morgan is supposed to be at this base, and then the crowd is also frightened at this name, which Kobe finds odd. They make their way to the base where they find Zoro tied up to a post. He notices Luffy peeking over the wall and tells Luffy to come over and untie him as he's already been there for nine days. Kobe's afraid that Zoro will just kill them when he's free, but Luffy isn't intimidated. A little girl now shows up and hops over the wall to deliver some homemade rice cakes to feed to Zoro. Zoro tries to scare the girl Rika off so she doesn't get caught by the Navy, but she's more concerned with just helping him. Then the smug captain's son, Helmeppo, shows up and sees the girl trying to feed Zoro. He takes the rice balls that were meant for Zoro and eats them for himself. He spits them out, saying that they're disgusting and stomps on them. He orders the accompanying Navy soldier to throw Rika over the wall, which he initially resists but then ends up obeying out of fear or threat of the captain. Luffy catches her uh, and saves her, and then Zoro tells Helmeppo that he's going to survive the month that Helmeppo needs to keep up his end of the deal to let him go if he survives. After Helmeppo leaves, Luffy heads over to Zoro and tells him that he's looking for members to join his pirate crew. Zoro isn't interested to seek Zoro isn't interested into sinking to becoming a lowly pirate, but he requests that Luffy feed him the now stomped on and dirt filled rice ball. Zoro asks Luffy to tell Rika uh, that he said that they were delicious. Back in town, Rika is happy to hear that Zoro liked the rice balls. She explains that Zoro only got in trouble while he defended Rika after Helmeppo's dogs attacked her. She further explains that Helmeppo and his dad, Captain Morgan, are actually the bad ones and they're planning to execute Zoro in three days instead of honoring their end of the agreement to let him go if he's able to survive for the month. Helmeppo strolls into town, which Luffy takes the opportunity to punch him in the face for going back on his word. Luffy has made up his mind We'll have Zoro join his crew. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Evan, what do you think about this one? Enter Zoro. It was interesting. It wasn't like, you know, it was a kind of a soft introduction, you know. But it was pretty cool hearing all the backstory and getting excited about his first appearance. I love that big picture of, yeah, it's like, so like Hakama yeah. pants or something he's wearing. Yeah, it's yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Evan, before you start reading the series, like, did you kind of have like a sense for like the character of Zoro? Like, I'm sure I, yeah, around, I, I'd right? seen like the main characters, you know, in media. So I had an idea that, you know, this was one of the main characters. Um, but it's interesting, you know, like getting to actually meet the character it was kind of standoffish at first um but then you kind of saw you know the respect that was also there so um yeah i mean i'm excited i'm excited to see more of zoro yeah zoro is um he's one of those characters that are, that are just cool um, cool <laughs> um yeah so it's fun to see him here and he's um kind of put on like that front um 
but I love uh, how he still eats the rice ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kamebo, like, just takes it down from the ground. He's like, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> He's like, it's all dirt. It's all dirt. <laughs> it's all dirt, man. It's all dirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Manzaro does Shut it. Up. Like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Like I'm sure he's hungry, but like he he also wants to make a point that uh, he wants Rika know, to know that they were delicious and that he still ate them. Mm-hmm. So like Rika went through the effort to do this nice thing for Zoro, <laughs> and Zoro's only there because he tried to to save her. So yeah, and he, he had kind of like put a strong front up until that moment, and then that happens. You're like, okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be a likable character. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you, get, you get that little little touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sean, what do you think? Uh, it's great. This is this is where the series this is the first one. I mean, I love so I, I was like, I love from it's done. I was like, eh, on the other chat, um, whatever with Elvita. But this is where it's like, oh, the pieces start to come together. You see the navy. You start seeing a uh, the, the first glimpse of the wild world, and it's also and it's the first another subversion of like. Oh, the Navy, they've got to be the noble defenders. Like at the first major Navy characters were introduced to pieces of shit. Just, yeah, just assholes. <laughs> just, just like, like just terrible. And like, you gotta, you gotta imagine Kobe's like, Oh yeah, I got it away from Elvita. We're in the Navy town. Holy shit. <laughs> Is there nothing good in this world? Like, he's just like, he's just so depressed. He's gotta be, um, I have a couple notes. Hell Methel is like the first guy you meet, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like cringeworthy awful. Um, yeah. Okay. I have, yeah. Uh, so uh, curious. So this might tie into maybe a factor of, uh, Joel, you said the mist, maybe some translations, but I mean, I think it's also largely in character. I don't think it's a huge, I think it's kind of funny, but I posted that, I don't know if it's in this chapter, but Luffy curses multiple times. Like, I gotta find the, but I just was not used to that. So maybe it does change later. But like maybe it's when it's when he punches Hel Helmeppo or something. Oh, I think it was in the first chapter. Um, it was in the first chapter, right? Yeah. Um, no, no, it's fine. No, it's cool because yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was like they they censored it, um, but I think it was when Higuma was attacking Luffy. Um, there's like two two panels where he, where it happens. But yeah, I don't think they ever have done that again in the series. So yeah, I I don't know if they were trying to make it more kid friendly at first. So I I don't know. But then in the same chapter, like uh, Shanks' arm gets ripped off and he's bleeding. So <laughs> people getting shot in the head. So I don't know exactly what they're going for with that. But um, yeah, that that's definitely interesting to know. I gotta find it again. I can't find the panel where it happens. But um, but uh, there's also so Luffy's face after catching the girl, uh, catching Rika or what's her name. It's just funny to me. It's just this very like, well, I guess that's taken care of. Now I gotta look <laughs> over here. Like, just, just kind of brushes himself the off. Not in the way here, but maybe Evan could find a better one. Oh, this one? this one, right? Yeah, this one right oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> hmm. I wonder what we have to do next. And it's just, it's just, I don't know why that caught me, but it's just funny to me. He's just brushing his pants off. He's like, hmm. I don't know. That's all uh the next things are after after that is move on to the next mm-hmm. chapters but it, I, I overall it's a, it's a really good i love zoro with the rice ball saying i mean it's not actually a rice ball it's a donut of course but oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um because god forbid we have anything all right uh it's That's just it's, four it's, kids a great way, it's a great way of establishing that this guy's a softie at heart and uh yeah. that that this, his initial menacing image was 
not entirely a facade because he is a badass, but not he, he's not this murderous evil devil either. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's 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 one more little like it's it's a perfect example of well, I got to see what happens next because I want to learn more about Zoro. I want to learn more about what happened. Oh, Luffy just punched him, and oh, th- that was the big thing is like this is me saying the other example of here we go again with Luffy just first with um I mean with Alvida with 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 everything every every thing that's gotten in his way so far immediate his immediate response is punch destroy insult uh no no subtlety it's just he yet he doesn't co- consider the political consequences or deadly potential consequences of punching the son of this admiral in the face dead in the street but he does it anyways <laughs> screw that guy yeah, yeah he, he basically will strong arm his way through the situations because that's like he he has the like the strength and the willpower to to do that. So if there's something in his way, he's gonna knock it down and just keep going. Yeah, he's so determined, and I think that's such that plays into him um, kind of ignoring the fact that like he befriends Kobe, who wants to be in the navy, and then he tries to befriend Zoro, who is a bounty Literally hunter, the pirate hunter, <laughs> the pirate bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, which is another cool <laughs> aspect, like the bounty, the bounties, is something that's kind of brought up. At this part, at this stage in the book, like not only are there pirates, but there's all these so all these like bounties and bounty hunters, and like that aspect of the world is is interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, like Zoro is built up as being like this like demonic bad character from everything we've heard about him. Like he basically is built up to be this bad character. Yeah. So w- we see here that that's just like the the rumors and like that's just kind of the talk that gets around. But we, we see like Zoro's true character here at this point, like what kind of guy he really is. Um so yeah, like uh at this point like he, he becomes a like a bounty hunter and that's kinda like how he made his name. Um but we kinda get a sense for like that's that's not all there is to him. Um pretty soon. And then yeah, just go, kinda go back to Helmeppo because I like, I love this character. Uh, oh my I God. think yeah, I think in like going back from like uh, going back to like early One Piece, like this character is just like so fun to kind of kind of hate on. Is is almost kind of like um like a Joffrey type character where like you just kind of <laughs> love to hate him. You really is. <laughs> yeah. They get along. Yeah, just like the, the way he's like walking down the street with like um, uh, you know, his, I mean, his... <laughs> every 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 aspect of his design and personality was meant to be like. This guy deserves a, a punch in the face sandwich. He has a punchable <laughs> face, yeah. <laughs> very punchable face. And he's very punch. As Luffy proved, it was indeed punchable. So yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah. It's fun. Oda does put a little blurb in there about creating that character too, which is cool. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, yeah. yeah fun. Yep. <laughs> Are these like? Is the like? SPS thing started that no like I mean it's only three chapters in so yeah so the first volume doesn't have the SPS yet uh so I, that yeah. will come up later uh but basically Oda has like these like um kind of little question corners like sometimes it's just like these dumb little comments or people write in they have like these letters fan, fan, fans will ask questions but yeah a lot oh, of it's okay. also just silly <laughs> yeah some of it's like jokey some of it's like actual like he actually answers things seriously uh, sometimes you have to kind of take things with like a grain of salt, um, but yeah, he introduces like the segment. Um, I don't remember exactly when, but yeah, he introduces it probably in the next upcoming volume or so. The little tidbits that are put in between the chapters is nice. I'm yeah. enjoying that. 
Yeah, and I think um, this is kind of like the chapter where it kind of feels like we're building something here because the first two chapters have been kind of like one and done. They're pretty episodic. Mm-hmm. And the anime actually opens up with the Alvita episode. So that's like how the series starts out. And then, oh, really? then we so get the Zoro the episode. Backstory? Uh, so yeah, they don't go back to that until like episode four. So they okay. kind of mix the order around a little bit. I think they're kind of like, let's yeah, just kind of get into it. Wild. Yeah, so... Um, I, I like it better action, in the manga yeah. how they like start from the beginning and just go from there. To me, that kind of works a little bit better. But um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's television, though. You gotta you gotta capture your audience instantly, <laughs> or it's yeah. But with the there. manga, like I think um, it's easier to kind of just pick up a chapter and then go to the next one. Mm-hmm. It's like very bingeable, um, yeah, especially after the first chapter. Like, these chapters go like pretty quick, um, especially with like all the Zoro stuff here. All right, so let's get into the next one here. Uh, so chapter four, the great Captain Morgan. After being punched by Luffy, Hameppo cries that he's going to tell his daddy and he will have him killed. We cut over to the naval base where Captain Morgan exclaims that he's so great. He has his subordinates stroke his ego while complaining that the tributes from the townspeople aren't enough, even though they are poor. Hameppo shows up and tells his father he wants him to kill someone. Luffy has now made his way back to the parade ground where Zoro is tied up. He offers to untie Zoro if he joins his crew, but Zoro's answer is still no. Luffy insists that he'll join his crew. Luffy heard he was a swordsman, so he offers to go get his swords and will give them back if he joins his crew. Meanwhile, Captain Axe Hand Morgan, who literally has an axe for a hand, is overseeing his statue being lifted. Hamepo cries to his father and asks why he isn't going after the person who hit him. Morgan tells his son that he's an idiot and he wasn't even worth hitting as he now hits his son. He tells his son that he's the great one and that he shouldn't mistake his father's greatness as his own. Morgan had heard about the girl getting into the yard and wants his son to confirm that he had her killed. He says, no, of course, she's just a young girl, but Morgan doesn't make any exceptions when it comes to the penalties. He orders his men to go out and kill her. When the soldier refuses to obey the order, Morgan strikes him down. Morgan sees his position of power as his superiority and that, by definition, whatever he says is right. At this point, Luffy stretches up to reach up to the top of the tower where Morgan is having his statue erected, but he overshoots his launch and knocks the statue over, destroying it in the process. Morgan is furious and now wants Luffy dead. Luffy takes Helmepo hostage and has him bring him to Zoro's swords. While this is happening, Kobe is untying Zoro in the yard. He expresses that he can't stand to see the Navy acting this way, and that he wants to join the Navy himself. He also tells Zoro how Luffy wants to be the King of the Pirates. Before he is able to uh, to untie Zoro, Kobe is shot. Alright, uh, Sean, what'd you think about this one? Oh boy. Uh, I'm so great. <laughs> no subtlety just like oh my God. there's there's um there's a wonderful from the uh like garth Marenghi's dark place have any of you ever heard of this at all it's pretty obscure no it's this wacky satire comedy show but there's this it's become a meme a bit now there's this one part where um 
the main character. It's supposed to be silly that this character is saying this, but he's like, he's supposed to be this writer, a TV writer that's really high on himself. And it just says, I know writers use subtext and they're all cowards. And it's just like, you know, immediately who Morgan, he just says, I'm so great. <laughs> I love, I love my, like this. You don't get it. Like Oda's like, I want you to know who this motherfucker is. Uh, you're going to know from his first line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it kind of, it's just cause it, it's the amplified reality of the world. that is one please. I mean, like it's, I don't think even most of the most arrogant people in the world go. I mean, they're maybe in the dark corner of the world somewhere. Elon Musk is just sitting in the chair, just going, I'm so great. But like, <laughs> I think most of them are, they may think that, but they don't say it out loud in their office. Like, so I, I just love Morgan for that. He's, he's my favorite villain of the villains introduced so far. He's, yeah. he's, he's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's exactly it. Like, he like we we saw like a pirate in the previous chapter as a villain and now we're introduced to the navy who you would think would be the good guys and this guy is even worse like this guy is like horrible and like he times 10 apple yeah. isn't far, far from the tree yeah. yeah we thought uh we thought helmeppa was bad and then this guy is like like over here like wanting to kill children like because like uh you know they're helping this guy get his food um and- like he's attacking his own men like does he? Does he? I think he kills the guy who who yeah. refuses yeah. to kill the kid. Like he just yeah, he, yeah, he just murder, cuts him right down, him. Yeah. right on the spot. Jesus. And even and I think there's, there's a panel of Helmeppo being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Even Helmeppo's like, "You just killed that dude." Like, yeah, like even Helmeppo's kind of like taking it back because like like you're saying like, "Oh, you never even hit me," and then he's like, "Oh yeah, well I'll hit you now." Like Helmeppo, like, he's like you're not even worthy of me. Um. But yeah, and then like also we kind of see like that the level of corruption. How uh, he's more concerned about how the people aren't tributing him enough because he's he's so great. He thinks that he deserves more money, even though the people are basically giving all that they can, and like he's saying it's still not enough. So like to him, like he's so important. Like his position of power, just by default, makes him like the most important thing like ever, and he wants everybody around him to acknowledge it. Um, and he's even getting the statue of himself made. Like you don't think like the the navy people offer to do this because they they think he's so great. Like they like they have to do this because they're being forced to do it. So they go through the effort of making the statue and try to get it set up. And like um, I think it was this chapter where the the statue gets bumped and he gets mad. Like <laughs> Luffy knocks it over, or Luffy knocks it over. Oh yeah, his the, reaction is wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Then after wow. all that, whoops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly not sorry he doesn't care I love how, the, the, statue's so, the statue's so dumb too it's just him just being like oh, look at me yeah <laughs> i love it i love it yeah and then like his character design is also pretty great like he's he's like early like early one piece like but like yeah just having like the full on like superhero villain like I love too that it the axe that continues look, past the elbow. It past the elbow. It's gross looking. Like yeah, like, like the most, most, over most, it. Uh, there's other there's been other characters like I've got an axe for a hand, but they don't <laughs> have the handle sticking <laughs> yeah. the elbow. It's like ooh. <laughs> yeah. And you imagine he just shoved an axe into it. Yeah, hand that's what it looks like. And kept stretching. It's like ooh, yeah, gross. definitely not a devil fruit here. I love it. Nope. I got the axe axe fruit. No, you just shoved an axe into your hand. Like. 
it's insane it's a huge axe too it's like incredibly huge it's just comically massive yeah yeah well he lives up to the name i, 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 like design, though. I really like I, I know you don't skip leg day morgan but like there's no <laughs> way you're just carrying that around like normally like i just you must have some sort of strength of thing because that that shit probably weighs more than you like yeah <laughs> Imagine in an alternate universe where Morgan does that and it completely ruins his ability to govern or fight in any way. He's just constantly weighed down in one arm. Like, this seemed like a cool idea at the time, but man, I am, bad at, I am bad at math. It's just like, like, sir, we told you. Like, now I'm getting like pyramid head vibes from like Silent Hill. Just dragging this thing yeah, around. That's a great dragging this thing around. Like, shit, this is impractical. Uh, but no, he he wheels it like like a freaking yeah no no weight at all. Good for him. Except <laughs> not. <'cause he's> not. <laughs> all right, cool. So let's um let's go into the next chapter. Uh, so this one is chapter five: the King of the Pirates Love and the, the Master Swordsman. <laughs> it's great yeah. cover. Yeah, so um, Oda does some like fun little, oh yeah, um, <laughs> just kind of like fun little goofy art things out. right now. Um, so eventually we'll start like cover stories where like he will have like an ongoing like story. They'll have like, um, oh yeah, parts. this is wild. Oh um, cool. And then like in between the cover stories, he'll take like fan requests that'll be like silly things like that. So like we we kind of get like those kinds of like pictures like later on, but like fans will specifically go and ask for certain things, and he'll he'll do them. That's awesome. Yeah, each chapter has some pretty goofy stuff, and I love it. <laughs> All right. So, the King of the Pirates and the Master Swordsman. Luffy continues his search for Zoro's swords while Kobe survived the gunshot. After panicking about being shot and not having finished untying Zoro, he explains that Helmeppa was never going to let Zoro go, fully intending to have him executed in three days. Telling Zoro the gravity of his situation, Kobe asks that he help Luffy once he's been untied, as the Navy is now his enemy. Luffy finds the swords, but sees out the window that the Navy found Kobe in the process of untying Zoro. They are now facing down a firing squad as we transition into Zoro's flashback about his promise of why he needs to live. Zoro was unable to defeat his fellow sword fighting student at his dojo as a child. Despite being the second best student, he has never been able to win against his rival, Koina. Zoro challenges Koina to a fight with real swords out of desperation, but is still defeated. He yells in frustration, but Koina explains that she's the one who is frustrated, because eventually she'll reach a limit with her strengths as a girl and won't be as strong as a male swordsman. Zoro says this doesn't matter if she's a boy or a girl, one of them will be the strongest swordsman one day. Unfortunately, Koina is tragically killed when she falls down the stairs. Now losing his friend and rival, Zoro promises to fulfill the dream for the both of them. Now back in the present, Luffy launches out of the window, jumps in the line of fire of the bullets. His body stretches before he launches the bullets back to, at the Navy soldiers. Luffy wasn't sure which swords were Zoro's, so he just grabbed the, all three of them and uh, he gives them to Zoro. Zoro explains that all three are his and he practices three sword style. Luffy tells Zoro that they can make a stand together, but he'll be seen as an enemy of the Navy. Being left with little choice, Zoro agrees to join Luffy's crew. All right, so uh, what a chapter! <laughs> what a chapter! <laughs> yeah, things definitely pick up a little bit here. Um, so we we get to see Zoro uh, a little bit 
in action. Um, he actually now has the swords back, and he he <laughs> comes to a point where he has to give in and join the crew. Um, but what do you guys think of his backstory? <sighs> Tragic. I don't know. There's some some serious toxic toxic masculinity going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's yeah. not from Zoro necessarily. It's like he no. says, she says like yeah. It's um, I've got some issues from it, but is it? It's I don't I don't think Oda wrote it saying like Oda wrote it being like you should agree with Zoro. Queen's dad is an idiot. Like I I'd like to think that's what he because because Zoro's like it doesn't matter. I don't one of us is gonna be the stronger. Like I don't I'm not taking this. Well, you'll get weaker nonsense. This is a world of axe hand people. It does not give who cares. Oh, my body will get weaker. Then put an axe in it. Put your sword, <laughs> your queen of sword hand. We'll do this. Like this is I this has been established that the idea that like gender norms or, or gender strength differences are gonna stop people from being a badass should not be a factor remotely, scientifically, culturally, whatever. Um, so it's cool, and then it's it does feel a little abrupt, like and then she fell down the stairs. Like, what is this? A lifetime original movie? <laughs> but um, I kind of wish she had been like training hard and like fell off a cliff or something. She just fell down the stairs. So, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's fucked. And it, 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 I do think it is. It's this like it, it's it's a it's a slap of like the reality that this world still operates on the rules of like. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen, and uh, no matter how big your dreams are, theoretically, Luffy could. No, okay, well, he's the Gum Gum Man; he can't <laughs> die, but he could fall and his land on a, th a sword that goes through his throat or something, and, and like whatever. But um, even in this world of wackiness, there's still just random chance that could 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 kill your dreams. Uh, but Zoro will carry the dream on is an inspiring way of message of him and. I like it overall, and it, 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 it gives Zoro a, a mode, a strong motivation of like, like Luffy's going to be pirate king. I'm going to be the best swordsman for myself and for my childhood friend. Totally, and I think his frustrations were more like the fact that he was in second place, not so much the gender thing. I definitely think it was more of a his own personal like striving yeah. to be number one, and yeah, the unjust death of his sparring partner i feel like maybe almost fed more into his anger because like i think he too felt that she just had like deserved a more uh, noble death yeah noble, yeah noble death exactly um but no i i, I like the zero backstory i thought um got me pumped up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do think it feels a little weird um yeah like you guys are saying like queen's death is just kind of like out of nowhere. It's like she kind of like off off screen. It's literally the next page. Yeah. Um. And like you know, her life is tragically cut short, but like in such like a random way. I guess like anything could happen. Like Sean was saying. Um. But yeah, like then Zoro's kind of robbed of the opportunity to prove himself to Queen. Like basically, he never gets a chance to beat her because you no, know, she's now dead. Um. But yeah, like Sean was saying earlier too. I I do think that the takeaway isn't like girls are weaker i think it's it doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl you can still be the best um so i think that's how, like how zora was approaching it and um i think that's the way that the reader is meant to take it too but i do kind of feel like it um it it does kind of come off like a little little weird but uh yeah i think that was the intention behind what oda's writing here it feels a little dated yeah i think if oda somehow rewrote this later i think he would have made it more he would have focused more in on like 
Queena probably would have agreed with Zoro too to a degree. It's like she would have, or at the end, we would have seen a much more stronger kind of like, you know what? Yeah, my dad is an idiot. He's being, he's wrong. You're right, Zoro. Yeah, we'll get this. And then she died from stairs. Like, but, um, <laughs> well, she, like she herself might even like have that, that like thing where it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm a girl, I'm going to be the yeah. best, you know? Um, yeah. We promise to each other to like always challenge each other to be the best swordsman on, on earth or in their world. Yeah. And they make that promise and like that pact that they were always going to challenge each other and always try a to a lot of childhood packs in this series. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> also a lot of tragic backstories, but this is like one of the first of many. So at a shock, shocking turn of events, but I didn't turn out to be the king of the Egyptologists. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. I, I, I loved mummies, man. And then I was like, yeah, you're going to get have to get like six degrees and move to the Middle East. I'm like, mm, okay, we'll settle for writer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also um, think it's fun to get the introduction to the three sword style. Um, yes. We're going to get more of this coming up. But yeah, I, love, I think this I is like, it. yeah, such a, such a goofy concept, but Zoro makes it look so cool. So like, cool. It's so impractical. It like, really it's any like yeah. I mean, look at this. Yeah, like that that's such a it's cool so panel. So I know it's all the navy hair. Yeah, because like it's the other navy men holding their swords, but it almost makes it look the, the the tableau makes it look like Zoro's holding like a thousand swords. Right? And for all intents and purposes, in that moment he is, because yeah. he's so much yeah. better than those mother those dudes. So. He's blocking two swords with each of his swords. <laughs> Including the one in his teeth. Yes. <laughs> and he could talk, by the way. Though I love I appreciate yeah. in the anime oh, that he, yeah. that is that and uh you'll we'll show Evan maybe later or something that he in the anime, at least in the English dub, he goes Yes, Luffy. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best swordsman. Like you can hear the voice actor who really does uh, had something in his mouth. When he yeah, does yeah. There, there's like that like slight muffled quality to it. Um, yeah. So, um, to me, that that translates well um, to the anime. Uh, but like, it's also like a weird concept, like how he has like the strength to actually attack with his like neck, like to like have the sword in his mouth. Like if yeah. I was doing yeah. that, like, I feel like I would like not be able to get like any kind of like strength behind it <laughs> can you imagine how much do you know can you imagine how much redacted uh crew member charges him for dentistry later on <laughs> like you gotta imagine that that crew member is is like come on zoro come on <laughs> i mean they do allude to him being like a dual sword wielder which was a unique thing when he was a child and so i guess yeah. the natural projection Progression would be three swords. Yeah, he's exactly. got to he's got to yeah, take that, Queen's mindset, sword. Yeah. Is the idea is that like yeah, is well, the idea is that, that, that one in his mouth is is is, is for is for Queena. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, right. That's that's her sword. Yep. Okay, so let's get into the next chapter, chapter six, number one. The Navy is surprised that the bullets bounce off Luffy. Morgan realizes that Luffy must have a devil fruit. Luffy starts trying to untie Zoro but the Navy charges in with their swords since the guns didn't work. Zoro yells for swords and manages to hold off their attackers, having now been freed. We get to see Three Swords style in action as Zoro holds two swords in his hands and a third in his mouth. Luffy is impressed with his new crewmate. Zoro tells Luffy that he'll join his crew, but threatens that he better not interfere with his goal of becoming the world's greatest swordsman. Luffy loves this idea and finds it fitting that the King of the Pirates would have the world's greatest swordsman on his crew. They begin fighting off the Navy and had already shown great synergy. The Navy soldiers complain that they can't take on both this Devil Fruit user and Zoro at the same time. 
Morgan will not tolerate this and orders his men to shoot themselves. Luffy rushes in and has one uh, has a one-on-one -on -one fight with Morgan. After easily defeating, uh, after easily beating down Morgan, Hamepo interferes by threatening to shoot Kobe. Kobe stands firm and tells Luffy not to let Hamepo win by surrendering. Luffy respects Kobe's resolve as he winds up a punch from his gum gum pistol. Morgan sneaks up behind Luffy, but Luffy trusts his new crewmate as Luffy punches Hamepo to save Kobe, while Zoro strikes down Morgan before he can attack Luffy. All right, so we have a little bit of action here. All right, uh, any thoughts on this one? Uh, it's a quick fight, but it's a satisfying one. Um, yeah, this is pretty great. The first time they were fighting together. Yeah, for sure. And they're already showing the great synergy. Uh, like, Luffy already trusts his new crewmate. Uh, he basically kind of uh, does his own thing while he lets Zoro get his back, uh, literally. So... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think they're they're showing um, showing that they they make a good team. Uh, so even though they're only too strong for their crew, uh, they're really quite formidable. Absolutely, we get to yeah. see gum gum whip for the first time. <laughs> we get the gum gum whip. Yep, very cool. So you might be seeing the naming convention that Luffy's using for his attacks: gum gum, then mm -hmm. you know, like some kind of like pistol. Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> melee weapon we've seen that his gum gum rocket you know where he like launches himself oh yeah yep i think those are the only three that have been introduced so far yeah so we'll we'll see plenty more uh luffy can be quite inventive with his attack so he's a little uh he has like like a certain level of ingenuity while using his rubber ability it's something that like people kind of dismiss the strength of the fruit right off the bat because they find it kind of useless but Luffy finds a way to show that it's uh, it's strong with the way that he fights with it. So he definitely knows how to use it to his, uh, his full advantage. Yeah, it's really cool seeing it in action because you don't really see the learning process of him figuring out or coming up with these moves. It just jumps right into the action of him using these techniques. That he right. Really himself. It's pretty cool. It's it's nice to see this the this the stretchy power. Uh, used and so uh vividly and in such a fun way with random aside but just uh joel as a fellow marvel comics fan would know uh mr fantastic also has these powers in uh marvel comics he barely uses them anymore it doesn't even matter his main power is that he's super smart and makes decisions yeah. luffy is an idiot <laughs> relatively comparatively <laughs> but he uses his powers all the time so it's great like <laughs> yeah i don't know if anybody's actually seen the fantastic four fox movie that came out uh nope. a few years ago now uh, probably longer at this point but like the failed like reboot yeah uh i did watch it uh its biggest crime was being boring but one thing i did find interesting was the way that they did use Mr. Fantastic's powers. Uh, it, it was what I would kind of imagine what Luffy would look like fighting. So it actually was probably the best part of the movie, oh. which isn't a high bar. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I, I just found it interesting that they did pull it off in the live action to some degree. So that's why when they say that they're doing the live action One Piece, I do think that they could pull off better than what people would think they will. I know a lot of people are kind of dismissing it already that they're going to be doing live action series, but I, I think they have potential for it. I, I have seen 
I mean, not at the risk of, again, uh, getting off course here, but the sets they've made are gorgeous. Like the Bharati set they mm-hmm. made. The, Aaron, uh, Evan, don't listen. Don't listen. <laughs> but uh, the, stu- the stuff they've made so far looks fa- really good. Um, I think they've got more passion for it than Cowboy Bebop. I still will see. Uh, it's just I don't have the highest hopes, but I mean, I have don't have no hope, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, and I think it might be a fun way for maybe some people to get on board. Uh, so if some people don't feel like they can commit to a thousand plus episodes, they might feel like they can do maybe like a season of a show. Maybe. Is this the first attempt at live action? It is. Oh, uh yeah, I mean, there might have been a commercial or something in Japanese, but yeah, I think as far as a movie, I don't think there's even been like any Japanese movie adaptation or anything. It's gonna be a movie, not a series. No, no, no. The, the Netflix is, yeah, the, oh, is, is a series. series. Is a series, yeah. But yeah, and they're saying it's gonna have a budget larger than Game of Thrones, so they're like really like invested in that. We'll we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, as far as this chapter goes, it was a good time. It was a great time. It was good to see uh, Zoro just really uh, finally really let loose, kick some ass, show that. Uh, I mean, the classic example of like. Uh, giant axe hand morgan being just like uh underestimating the smaller combatant and just being just cut down to size quite literally you see that axe in action didn't do too much but uh against people that weren't just like his own men man what a what a (laughs) jerk somebody who didn't actually put up a fight you know stood there and took it (laughs) Uh, it was also Uh, quite underhanded too the way he tried to sneak up behind luffy Oh, yeah. It just shows that this guy has no, like, for all his, I am so great. He was, and all his, like, presumably, like, oh, you dirty pirates. I'm like, man, you are just, you are the you are the worst pirate here. You would have better <laughs> success joining them. Come on. Just be a pirate, man. You got no, you got no shame, right? Uh, but, yeah, good times, fun times, fun chapter. Yeah, and I think we see some good growth from Kobe here. Because uh, he also basically makes a point where he's like, he, he's putting on a brave face here, right? So right. he's he's like not letting Helmeppo threaten his life to interfere with what they're trying to do here. So he uh, he he basically like is ready to you know risk his life for his friends, uh, which is already a much more admirable quality than we've seen in the other Navy members. Yeah, uh, he's done a lot of character development in a few in a few short chapters. Yeah, Kobe Kobe develops quite a lot in yeah. just like this short time that we've been introduced to him. Yeah, he's um you got to imagine like his world is his world view is changing so quickly and he's able to keep up. First he's just rescued from servitude by this absolute wild guy. Then he's like, "Oh god, uh, Zoro. Oh, Zoro's a good guy too. Oh god, the Navy's apparently evil. Wait, maybe not all of them." Uh, his mind is cracking like an egg, but <laughs> somehow he's keeping it together, making an omelet out of it. <laughs> yeah, so like he's making friends with the people that he thought would be his natural enemies, right. and the people he thought would be his friends are acting like his enemies. Yeah. It's pretty wild, but credit to him for, for powering through. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Chapter 7. Uh, this one is just called Friends. <laughs> I'm really loving this chapter art. It's good. 
Yeah, don't get too used to it. So fun. <laughs> oh no, really? Uh-oh. No, uh, no. Like I was saying, we'll, we'll get more in the future, but he switches up a little bit. Yeah, there's a thing he starts doing. It's pretty. It's cool too. I promise. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you'll like it. All right, so chapter seven, friends. With their oppressive leader and son now defeated, the Navy soldiers cheer. Zoro collapses out of hunger. They head to Rika's mother's restaurant and have their fill. Luffy is still set on going on the Grand Line, but Kobe fears for their safety. The Grand Line is where the most dangerous pirates will be, which would be a suicide mission for just the two members of Luffy's crew. Zoro pragmatically states that they have to go there if they want to find the One Piece. After Kobe expresses his worry, Luffy acknowledges their friendship, even though they will have to go their separate ways. Zoro also points out that Kobe should be concerned with his own plans in case Navy finds out that he has been serving on a pirate ship for two years. Right on cue, the Navy enters the building. They thank Luffy for defeating Morgan, but they also cannot allow pirates to stay in their town. Out of gratitude, they allow Luffy to leave instead of capturing him. When confronting Kobe about whether he is with them, Luffy starts to explain Kobe's history with Alveda. As Luffy starts explaining this, Kobe gets mad and punches Luffy. The Navy breaks up the fight, clearly saying they aren't friends. Luffy and Zoro walk off as Kobe realizes that it was Luffy's plan to goad him like that so he would hit him. Kobe takes this opportunity to ask to join the Navy, to which they accept. Kobe and the Navy members show up to see Luffy off as he makes his way to the Grand Line. It's a surprising little bit of guile from Luffy there in a, in a weird way. Like, I just mm-hmm. come off saying he's, 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 a, he's, oh, he's an idiot. He's not as much of an idiot as he puts on. <laughs> he can be sometimes, and other times he can be pretty sneaky. Yeah, kind of like uh, we're talking about earlier, the way he uses his moves, he has like a certain ingenuity. Like he he also does have like a certain level of tact. So like the way he approaches things, like he he'll do things that don't seem obvious at first, but he does things for a reason. So in this case here, uh, he strategically, you know, he seems like he's just being like like careless and he's just like trying to throw Kobe under the bus, but he knows what he's doing. So he basically sets up Kobe to make him look better and give him an out. So that way he has a way to join the Navy. Yeah, it's uh, it works out in the end <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think this is also like a nice little send off here because uh, we've been with Kobe for most of the series up to this point. And now we're actually saying goodbye to the character. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. I, I really like Kobe's character. I was hoping that he would stay on as like the navigator. They like hinted at that earlier. <laughs> something he could potentially do, and I was kind of like hopeful that that would be the outcome. But I think, I mean, he's got to follow his his path. He he does want to stick with the navy. Um, then it's yeah. it's good that he was able to do that, and but not in a adversarial way, and that more so as like maybe a a friendly rivalry way. Yeah, and the navy kind of redeems himself. Yeah, they show that it was they were under the grip of Morgan, and as soon as they kill, they they literally throw their hands up and cheer once Morgan is killed. Yeah, they celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they were basically just under the, the thumb of an oppressive ruler. So, the, you know, we, we just see these little moments throughout where they were resisting, doing these, like, terrible things that they were being ordered to do, like, you know, not killing little girls and stuff. Um, and then, like, you know, Morgan was basically telling them to like shoot themselves because they were defying order. So we see these types of actions to show that 
you know, these Navy soldiers were just complying. I mean, that doesn't make it okay. Uh, but, you know, we do see that, you know, they, they weren't doing things out of being malicious like we've seen with Captain Morgan or even like Helmeppo. Um, you know, they, they, they've shown that they were doing things too. Um, yeah, they, they were just doing things because they were kind of like in a situation where they had to of fear of death. Pretty much, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, even by the, I, I have a feeling that there's an implication that, I mean, it wouldn't have ended pretty for anybody. But I think if this had gone on much longer, more and more of the men would have started to to potentially rise up. But then that would have ended with a lot of deaths. So it's all for the better that Luffy like accelerated the process of this rebellion almost. By, yeah. Like, plus, like, would they himself. have been able to stand up to Morgan? Like even um, I mean, even with the numbers, I don't know if. Um... Uh, I think potentially, and I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil things, but it, it it's also possible later down the line there might have been a, a checkup and been like, wait a second, what are you doing here? You've made your own private little kingdom. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that at the guy at the end is like, he's the Morgan's like, kill, you go out and kill this girl, and he straight up refuses and dies for it. But I I, I said I feel that there was a, a possibility that over time that. They would have been like, we can either become even more and worse and worse, or we can all just die and try to take this guy out ourselves. So, but again, that's a horrible, horrible way. And, and win or lose, a lot more would have died. So, it's, yeah, it's and we see here, when it did. yeah, we see here that Luffy's direct intervention caused a better situation for this town. Yep. So that wasn't mm-hmm. Luffy's intention, but that was basically an indirect action from his. Uh, the decisions he made to come here and uh, fight Morgan. Morgan ruled with an iron fist. Or an yeah. iron, iron axe. Yeah. Iron axe. <laughs> Seeing the trend here. Yeah, we had Alveda, and now we have Morgan. And who's next? Iron, iron, uh, I was going to say something crude. Yeah. I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, this is basically just a little send off, a little, a little in between chapter, just kind of wrap things up. Uh, so let's move on to the final chapter of Volume One. Okay, so Chapter Eight, Nami. Luffy and Zoro have set sail in a small boat, but quickly realize they're both hopeless when it comes to navigating. Zoro explains he couldn't find his way back to his village, and that's how he ended up becoming a bounty hunter. Having no food, Luffy notices a bird flying overhead. In an attempt to catch it to eat, he gets stuck in the bird's mouth. Zoro now panics and tries to follow the bird in the boat. In the process, he comes across three people who are stranded in the water. He tells them to hop in because he can't stop. They make it aboard, but announce they're members of Buggy the Clown's crew and try to take over the boat. Zoro beats them up and is now having them row. He asks how they ended up in the water anyway. They tell about how they came across a woman who was out on a boat on her own weak from lack of food. She offers them the gold in her treasure chest in exchange for food or water. They come aboard to get a a better look at the treasure, but before they notice, the the woman had made her way onto their ship along with their treasure, leaving them behind. She notices the weather worsen as it causes the boat to capsize with them in it. They tell Zoro Buggy will be furious if they show up empty-handed. Zoro asks how, um, how Buggy is, to which they explain he's a fearsome pirate who ate one of the devil fruits. Now in the town, we see the woman from earlier, running away from pirates with a treasure map in her hand. Suddenly, Luffy crashes down nearby. 
She takes advantage of the situation and tells the pirates that Luffy is her boss. They are now more interested in him as she makes her getaway. Luffy beats the pirates, which impresses the girl. She introduces herself as Nami, who specializes in robbing from pirates. She asks Luffy if he wants to team up. And that's how this volume ends. New character. <laughs> All right, uh, Evan, what did you think about this one? Uh, this was a fun chapter. Uh, I really like the, the ship, the clown ship that they exposed at the end. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, and they're alluding, I think, to another another pirate adversary, the, the clown pirates mm-hmm. that come aboard. Yeah, so we get a name drop for a new character called Buggy. Yeah, Buggy the Clown Pirate. Um, yeah, and, and getting an introduction introduction to Nami. I think that was um, a little anticlimactic. You think so? Yeah, I was hoping for like more of a like she didn't even get a a da da. Um, but yeah, this was a fun chapter. Uh, how about you, Sean? Wit in action, and it's a it's a it's a it's more of a table setting chapter than than like a, a like yeah action or something like you yeah. said. But I think it sets the table for a for a tasty tasty meal. Um, you you get immediately the sense of I mean the clown pirates like you you know where it, it reminds you exactly what kind of series you're reading here. Like we're not. <laughs> This isn't black sails like where like I you know we're in for a wild, ridiculous romp, but while also taken very seriously in its own way, um, Nami it's it's more of a cliffhanger than it is really a reveal, but it's it it it's it, it's still effective. Um, yeah, there's not a really a much of a tada, but as I this isn't too much of a foil to say Nami's a pretty subtle and sneaky character at times, so I think having her introduced this way um is is appropriate rather than like some grand entrance for her she's much more of a like hey by the way i'm here and i'm gonna manipulate all of you <laughs> so it's i, I think it, it's fitting for for her character to be introduced like this yeah i actually think this is a, a brilliant introduction to this character because right off the bat we see her like being very witty and crafty uh she basically keeps getting into situations where she's outsmarting everybody around her so the first time we see this character, she's already like <laughs> ripping somebody off. She tricks like this, um, you know, this group of pirates into basically like getting into this boat and getting their boat and their treasure by like making them think that she has something of value over there. And then we also see her ability to use the weather to her advantage. So we already see that brilliance in action too. So she uses that weather with the right timing to basically escape the other pirates. And then at the end of the chapter, we also see her with, with quick think, with uh, quick thinking when Luffy basically crashes out of nowhere. Like she immediately like assesses like uh, the situation, finds a way to use it to her advantage, gives the rest of the, the pirates a slip and puts Luffy basically to deal with her problem. So this is all with one chapter just from Nami like doing these things. So to me, I think this is just like a brilliant way to introduce her character, and I think it was a lot of fun. Smooth criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That would have been a solid chapter name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then we also get um from her as well, she explains that 
her specialty is robbing from pirates. So we don't really get too much more of Nami's actual story here, like what her deal is, but we get like a quick, like a quick and dirty introduction to like, who she is. But I think it's already like, like a perfect like representation of like who this character is. And Luffy making like a unlikely friend again. Yeah, he already has a new alliance already. <laughs> Exclusively unlikely friends, seemingly. <laughs> Who uh, she just admitted that like she takes advantage of pirates. So Luffy is basically <laughs> going to be one of her like kind of the people that like, she would normally target. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what that entails. And then I love we... the spell. The Luffy's hat is almost taken. Oh yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah, it's kind of like an Indiana Jones relationship with his hat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we definitely get a sense that Luffy really values the hat. We know the sentimental value to it, mm-hmm. um, and why you know why it means so much to him. Uh, but yeah, that was a nice little character moment for Luffy right there. Yeah, uh, I'm so ready for the next book. <laughs> oh, is that the end? That's the end of the, that that volume. That's how they leave it. It. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's wow. how they leave that, it. Yeah. That really does leave it as a more subtle. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I was already reading the next bits. So, boys, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't. But um, it's it's it it really does make you like okay, let's pick up the next volume. I want to learn more about this this sneaky girl. So yeah, yeah. We certainly do. Uh, until then, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a solid way to leave it off. Yeah, it definitely leaves you wanting more. And then we also get like this um, just like like a little bit of information about Buggy the Clown. Mm-hmm. We don't know what his deal is, but we do know that he has a devil fruit. Up to this point, the only character we've seen with a devil fruit was Luffy. Right. So we don't know what other kinds of powers are out there. Uh, you know how how they gonna compare to Luffy's powers? Uh, yeah, I, it's he's 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 masked in shadow, right? Like we just kind of like we get no, the, we didn't even oh, get that much. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. we we just got the name, and then we we saw like uh, his crew members, and we saw his boat. But yeah, he's just this uh, this figure. We really we don't really get too much in the uh, we don't get too much up in the first volume. We get the cool uh, clown uh, Jolly Roger. It's a solid. It's a solid Roger. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. I mean, so, I'm ex- um, yeah, I'm excited think, uh, to see Evan's reaction specifically more to what comes next. It's good stuff. Sorry, Joel. No, no, that, that's fine. I was basically just saying, like, I think we can kind of start wrapping up at this point because, like, the way this volume ends, uh, yeah, it basically is setting up the next part. That's where we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Uh, but I, I think that this is just, like, a nice way to, um, you know, wrap things up and kind of introduce, like, the story, and it leaves you wanting more. So you definitely want to pick up volume two at this point. Um, so it, it just... If you're if you're already hooked in at this point, Evan, then like you're you're good to go for the rest of the series. I'm so hooked. I'm so hooked. <laughs> I thought this was a great introduction to the world and the characters, and there's a lot going on with like the pirates and the bandits and um uh I'm blanking on the name. Oh, Zoro is almost kind of like a samurai with the with the you know the katanas. Yeah. Um. And they kind of have like the bounty hunters, which is almost kind of like a wild west feeling, um, kind of like genre bending. 
don't know. I think it's I think it's a uh, going to be a very cool series. And and you get to see Luffy and Zoro interacting and them kind of clicking towards the end of the book. And then I'm curious to see how Nami fits into that. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, as am I. Yeah, Sean, do you have any uh, wrap-up thoughts for the the volume as a whole? Uh, I mean, it's one of the best intros in modern shonen manga. It really just, there's a reason this, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was a success from the start. It wasn't like a, a pickup steam later on, but uh, I don't know the, the precise history of like how well One Piece did over time, but um it was it, it it's really a blueprint for just for introducing characters well getting the plot running and leaving the reader wanting more and it succeeds on all it fires on all cylinders or all cannon should i say so uh <laughs> I'm, i i definitely am excited for what what what's next as were i expect readers at the time yeah so i i agree um i i personally really enjoyed the series right from the beginning um, I, I was already liking it from the first, uh, few episodes. So like at, at this point I was already enjoying it. Uh, I know a lot of people say that the series kind of starts out a little bit slow. Um, but I, I think this beginning stuff is really important for setting up the series. And I think it does a really good job establishing this world. And this is a, uh, this is a world that really does get built up and fleshed out really well. Uh, well, like basically, Oda's planting a lot of the seeds and like little tidbits, and everyone's already picking up on some of those things. Uh, he was pointing out like you know like the bounty hunters and like how does like bounties are a thing. Like I feel like the bounty hunters aren't going to be like a big part of the series, but uh, we'll definitely see more of like the bounties and how they play into the series. Uh, but that, that's just like a little, little seed that was being planted. Um, you know, we've already had like drops uh, for the the Grand Line. Um, you know what the One Piece is like, what the whole kind of goal of Luffy is to be the king of the pirates. So we get a lot uh, in this one volume, and I feel like it does a really great job of setting up these characters for the adventure that we're about to go on. And the the Devil Fruit is really cool. I mean, it brings like a whole like fantastical element to the world as well. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm really curious what the other uh, fruits are going to be, and how many there are, and all that. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we talked about it too much, but like it's really interesting how the devil fruits basically take away somebody's ability to swim, which you would think that would take away your entire ability to be a pirate. Mm-hmm. But we see that it doesn't really slow down Luffy too much. Like he basically doesn't let it be a detriment. Uh, but yeah, you know, you spend out like most of your time on the sea as a pirate, so it's a little um, unexpected to basically not have like such a basic uh, <laughs> ability to do that. So if you fall overboard. Uh, you're basically helpless, and like you're, you're gonna have to be saved by somebody else. Uh, so, yeah, I I just think that's like an interesting juxtaposition for like what the devil fruit gives and takes away. Well, he couldn't swim before he ate the fruit, right? Yeah, so he he didn't even know how to swim before, but he, <laughs> he could have learned. <laughs> now now it doesn't matter if he tried to learn. <laughs> yeah, never will. <laughs> yeah, imagine if he spent all the time learning how to swim, and then he ate the fruit, and then he couldn't do it anymore. Oops. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? We are on the ship, and I am ready to see where this voyage takes us, and I hope everyone is uh, ready to join us, of whether you're a returning crew member or a fresh arrival. Uh, it's it's a fun time. All aboard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So I think going forward in the future, uh, we will probably try to rank, uh, you know, maybe like the story arcs or like some of the villains. But for right now, I think we can kind of leave that off for this episode because we, uh, I don't think we have any like major villains where I feel like we can start ranking them yet. And we haven't finished any of the, the major arcs. Well, we could say like, uh, like the Romance Dawn arc, but we haven't really had anything else to compare it to. So I think maybe like going forward after we finish the next arc, we can start doing some rankings. Yeah, I can agree with that. All right. So um, this is um, basically going to be wrapping up the first episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. Um, Sean, did you have any uh, social media that you'd like to plug here? Uh, anyone, if you'd like, you can follow me on Samael76 on Twitter, S-A-M-A-E-L 76. Uh, I'm not, I don't tweet about One Piece too often, but that may change in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, just a lot of wacky stuff, but, uh, but happy to, happy to have you along on the, on the Twitter ride. All right. And Evan, how about you? Uh, any social media that you like people to follow you at? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, I'm going to some yeah, you can find me on YouTube. Um, I'm Pirate King Codex. Uh, I also now have a Twitter, which I'm starting as well, at Pirate King Codex. Uh, I post uh, One Piece content there. Right now I'm focusing on doing content for the One Piece card game uh, that's coming out in December. Uh, we actually just had the Super pre-release, which I was really excited to be able to participate in. Uh, I've been following the game for months, basically, ever since they announced it. So I've been really following along. And I'm just super excited to finally be able to start playing with cards in hand. So um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of focus on that. And I also do uh, weekly chapter reviews as well for the new releases for One Piece. Uh, this will also be available on my channel. Uh, and I also have a channel dedicated to the podcast as well. So if you want to avoid uh, spoilers, I'll have a dedicated channel. So you can just follow along from there. You got awesome. second place in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and then uh, first place that's awesome <laughs> yeah uh, second place the first time and then first place the second time uh, i was lucky enough to, to participate in too so uh yeah but that, it was just fun to be able to, to play i was excited for it <laughs> all right so th yeah that's gonna be it for this week uh so be sure to bring along all of your hopes and dreams and we'll see you in the next episode see you then